before I get into the episode today, I have a special invitation I want to extend to you. The Kelly School of Business Alumni Association and the Indiana Business Research Center invite you to be a part of the 2022 Economic Outlook Panel on Thursday, November 4th at 7.30 a.m. at the downtown Crown Plaza. Enjoy breakfast while our Kelly faculty and members of the Black Indy Chamber of Commerce discuss what 22 holds for businesses in the region and how it impacts your organization. For more information and to learn how to register, click the link in the show notes. Welcome to another episode of the ROI podcast presented by the Indiana University Kelly School of Business. I'm your host, Matt Martella. Here on the show, our mission is to help organizations make better business decisions. And so if this is your first time tuning in, I just want to take a minute and just thank you uh, for spending your time with us. I also want to let you know that this whole show exists for you. So if you are an organizational leader, maybe you're getting ready to step into some leadership roles um, and you just have some questions, you have some burning, pressing topics uh, that you would love some advice or guidance on, we'd love to know. Maybe you'd like to just get in touch with some of our faculty or anyone here um, at the Kelly School of Business to just ask some questions or find some research, um, or you know of an individual who would make a great guest for our show we would love to hear from you. The best way to reach our show is by email. Send us an email to ROIPod. That's R-O-I-P-O-D at IUPUI.edu. Again, R-O-I-P-O-D at IUPUI.edu. So for all those small businesses out there, those organizations who you know are less than a year old, maybe you've been in the uh, business for a long time, 30 plus years, and you have a staff of under 15, or you know you just fall in the small business category. First off, I just want to congratulate you on, on just even taking that step and even coming in to uh, the, the coming in and, and just starting. You know, I think that's such a hard spot for so many people. As you know, so many people get the idea, but it falls short and and we just get so close. Uh, But, you know, for those who have have made it, congratulations. Uh, Let's keep going on. The problem is, you know, with a lot of small businesses is once we start, once we get this business going, we're not quite sure what the next steps look like. Some people do, some people just take off, some people have some crazy circumstances happen that just explode their company. Um, but to be honest, a lot of times when we see small businesses grow, there is a lot of intention behind that. And you know, what we want to impact today is, is let's get to that. What are making small businesses grow? How are organizations going from, you know, 10 people starting out to a hundred plus over, you know, multi millions of dollars in, in profit? You know, what are those transitions looking like? What's the secret sauce? So I'm honored today to be joined by the founder and managing partner at Pineapple Consulting Firm, Jack Tompkins, who knows exactly what a lot of these organizations are doing and the secrets behind him. He specializes um, in helping businesses become data-driven, data being the key word. How do we look at, understand, and leverage the data that is readily available no matter where your organization lives? Jack, welcome to the podcast. Hey, thanks so much for having me. That was a phenomenal intro. Well done, man. And thank you to the whole team and, and to the whole school for having me on. I appreciate it. Oh, it's our honor to have you. And, you know, we're we're excited to, to dive into this because I think, you know, you're right. We've talked before um, this podcast re- recording about the idea of, of data. You know, so many, you know, for so many firms, I think, you know, maybe this is a good place to start. So many small businesses and firms think data is like a 
multi-billion dollar corporation thing. Like it's a, it's this um, golden apple that only very few are afforded uh, the ability to use or leverage, um, you know, but that's, that's not true. And I'd love for you to kind of talk against some of those myths that small businesses don't um, understand what data can do. Yeah, you're exactly right. It is, it's sort of this thing of, oh, like once I'm a huge company, then I'll start using data. That's sort of the mindset. And it's, um, it's not totally right. Cause if you have one sale in your business, you have data, you had to talk to somebody, you had to charge them a certain amount. You had to market it somehow. There's so much data in everything that you do. Honestly, it just comes in a way easier. And honestly, in, in my uh, very skewed opinion, much more fun, uh, package than the, uh, corporations, um, small business data comes in like it's QuickBooks. It is your CRM. It's nothing crazy. It's stuff that you touch every day. Um, you just kind of need to be able to use it, need to be able to get the insights from it. And that admittedly can be the hard part, but once you kind of unlock that, then the world is your oyster and, and you can start running. You know, let's, let's talk about that, you know, for small businesses, what are the like stumbling blocks when it comes to data, when it comes, I mean, like you said, you know, everything's readily available. Um, if you're making transactions, you have any sort of record, you mean that becomes data. Where do organizational leaders, especially small business owners, um, where do, where do the stumbling blocks become when they think about data? You know, it's, it's a very, very good question because the stumbling blocks are, there, there's several of them and definitely want to answer that question and, and talk about them, but they act like brick walls in a lot of cases for small businesses. It's not something that's just, Oh, all right, well, whoops, we gotta, we gotta redo that. It's Oh crap. That's scary. Data is scary. <laughs> and so they don't even dive into it. And that is probably stumbling block. Number one is thinking that it is this, uh, to your point uh, earlier, this big thing for big data and big corporations and all this other stuff. No, it's, it's readily available. So something block number one is uh, actually just being able to get into it. Look into the data. Um, you can download into an Excel. I know a lot of people don't like Excel, but that's a great way to kind of uh, take step two, which is start using the data. And there's, there's plenty of programs out there that use uh, or that provide default software or uh, default summaries for you. They come in these decent little dashboards and I always encourage everybody to check those out. Um, QuickBooks has default summaries. Any CRM that you use will have default things to Google analytics, default summaries. Um, use those, check them out. They're not going to be exactly what you want, but it'll get kind of your feet wet and you'll think, okay, this isn't that scary. So that, that kind of leads to, well, what do I really want to see? And then that gets you past the first few stumbling blocks of having something already done, built, pre-made for you. Um, then it's kind of, all right, well, we know what we want to see. We know that the data is there. Then how do we actually make it to exactly what we want? And that would probably be stumbling block number three. And let's get into, you know, the mindset, obviously, before we start tackling, you know, the how to's and how to leverage data and how to, you know, really start understanding what this data is telling us and all those questions, I think a great place might be to start is, is how do we look and approach gathering data? How do we, how do we come in as an organizational leader thinking about, 
you know, what we're after or how do we set some, start setting those baseline parameters because, you know, speaking to organizational leaders, maybe that um, don't have uh, backgrounds specifically in business or don't have backgrounds in like, you know, really knowing how to drill down into your marketing analysis and pick out exactly what you're looking for. You know, what is it, what's just a general framework, you know, we can start um, seeing data through. So, Building the process is the biggest piece. Um, so to your question of how do we actually gather the data, that's the annoying part, right? There's there's no ifs, ands, or buts about it. That is the annoying part. Um, the benefits far outweigh it, absolutely. But when you're looking at starting that, it's kind of daunting. So my recommendation would be just get a process in place. You don't have to make it hard. Make it Seriously, make it as easy as possible. If that is downloading a CSV into Excel, great. If it's setting up uh, Zapier and having automation go into Google Sheets, great. Whatever the easiest way to get data in one place is, start there. And that's the start of your process. You've already done half the work at that point. Um, and it's there's plenty of solutions out there too. Do some Googling and and there's a lot of uh, even free resources that can do that for you. So step one, get a process in place that's easy for you. You know, what What are some examples of, you know, how you consult organizations? Let's say at the very baseline, you know, obviously I know you guys do a lot of converting data um, into visualized components that becomes even more easy to understand. Uh, you know, but talk about companies that you're working with that may not have a very good uh, process. You know, how do you guide companies uh, to refining and honing in and, and building um, a, a rock solid um, process? So it starts with KPIs, uh, key performance indicators, which is kind of starting at the finish line, um, which <laughs> normally ends up being a good conversation because it's all right, what do you want to see? What's your pie in the sky? And it's it's easier to start with that in mind and then build backwards from it. So super uh, easy example, if you're using QuickBooks, you want to look at your revenue or your profit, great. Perfect place to start. You could do the same with marketing leads and conversions, whatever. You don't have to pick any sort of rocket science type metric. So start with that in mind and say, okay, well, how do we build the process from there? Because we know where it starts. It starts in QuickBooks or it starts in our CRM or whatever it is. And we want to make it uh, visible. We want to make it visual. We want to make it engaging. And so, okay, so how do we do that then? Well, that starts with getting all of the data into one place. And that's kind of like what we were just talking about. Go Google Zapier. They have so many different apps that link up things. Um, it's uh, There are free trials and the, the costs uh, aren't too bad either. So then you say, okay, well, we can do this automation piece and get everything in one place. Now, how do we actually make it dashboard friendly, if you will? And that involves a little bit of uh, data manipulation, but it's nothing too crazy. Um, it is just a couple formulas is normally what it shakes out to be. And sometimes that can be daunting too. But at that point, you're already 80, 90% of the way there. So just by kind of thinking through, okay, revenue, we want to make it visual. Here's where the data comes from. Here's where the data is going to go. You just got to make a couple of formulas and you're pretty much there. Yeah. And speaking to, I mean, when you talk about data, there's especially nowadays, I mean, you can get data on everything. You know, you can get, you watch football game and it's like, oh yeah, this is the quarterbacks had the most 
uh, six-fingered quarterback to throw 700 yards in in one single season. You're like, how, like, how do you get <laughs> these stats? There's so much you know data out there to use just a crazy. Uh, example, you know, and I think like for, for people like me, like I get, I can get overwhelmed because I want to find as like as much as I can. But then when you have too much data, when you're surrounded by too much, you almost get paralyzed by knowing or peril, the paralysis of having so much information. You just don't know what to do with it. So, you know, how do you help guide organizations um, in going after the right data when they feel like they're surrounded by uh, too much? I know you mentioned like the KPIs and going after some of those, but what are some of the, you know, key data points that small businesses should really, you know, focus in on? And then where do we kind of put blinders for now? Analysis paralysis it is a very real thing. And it happens from a solopreneur business to a corporation. So if you're listening and you're in that boat, don't worry, you're far from alone. Um, how do we, how do, so how do we kind of get through that? Right. And what do we focus on? I like to keep it pretty simple. Um, like, so the, the examples I gave earlier, um, on the financial side, revenue and profit, that's great. That's a phenomenal start. And notice it's not your ad spend as a portion of revenue over the past three trailing months. Like maybe some companies need to look at that level of detail, but if you're a small business and you're starting out, or even have something in, in place and want to take it to the next level, think easy, think what's the next thing that we need to see. Boom. It's profit. Okay, great. So we kind of talk through that and we, we simplify it to where it's okay. We can build the process uh, on our side. That's, that's uh, not always the fun part, but it is, it gets fairly simple, fairly quickly. Um, building the visuals is really the fun part for us. And that is also the fun part for our clients too, because you actually see it come to life. It becomes uh, this beautiful thing that you can interact with. And it started off as this, boring columns and rows, black and white thing that's in Excel and so you don't even want to open it. So we kind of, again, kind of start with that end in mind of great. Here's this thing that you could use to drive your business, to answer whatever question you're thinking of. And again, it's, it's keeping it simple. It's looking at things like revenue and profit, leads and conversions. Um, I focus a lot on hourly rate because I work a lot with um, uh, service-based businesses. So we don't really have inventory, we have time. And so their early rate is obviously something that they are working on, whether they know it or not, every single hour. And so being able to track that and then say, oh, great, I'm actually making a great ROI on my time. Um, it makes things a whole lot easier. And so I'll, I'll keep plugging for easier solutions uh, in the data world, which is what we love to help with. You know, and then on the reverse side, there there's times where it feels like we have too little data or... You know, maybe we just don't have that robust process in place, and you know, we maybe we're missing a few key things. You know, um, how how do organizational leaders un, begin to know? Like, do I do I even have the right data? Like, is this too little, or you know, do do what do I? How do I just inventory that for myself to make sure I'm I'm setting myself up and my organization up for success? Right. There's, there's to your point on the on the opposite side of the spectrum, Matt. There's there is, okay, well, we only have one sale. So what do we do with it? <laughs> and obviously a bit of an extreme example, but I would say it's worth looking at. So data always deserves a seat, a seat at the table, in my opinion. When you have a small amount of data, you don't necessarily have to go 180 on your strategy because you happen to get one conversion that was an insurance agent, but 
you don't think that'll ever happen again, right? So there's a bit of a small sample size um, that can come into play. And so I would say if you're in that situation where there isn't a whole lot of data, one, uh, see if you can get more data, see if you can better track your time or better track your marketing efforts and how many conversions did you get from that Facebook ad and, and try and build out the data there. And then two is um, actually start using it. It's not going to give you the answer to everything, but start including it in your conversations and you'll start to realize that there's some trends in there and you can use that and you can build a strategy off of it. And, you know, when you, when you think about collecting data, I think, you know, for, for myself, especially it's like, when is the time to start putting the data to work? You know, we can collect and collect and collect and collect, but then if we don't do anything with it and we just keep collecting, it almost becomes just as useless as if we didn't collect anything at all, because all <laughs> we're doing is, you know, nothing with it. Um, and I think kind of going to what you were saying that, that, um, paralysis of analysis, uh, you know, we almost get into the, well, I don't have enough or, you know, I need to make sure I have everything, you know, solved kind of the same reason why a lot of people don't start a business right away because, oh, I got to get so many things. If these all line up, then I can start, you know, so how do we know when we have enough data to move forward and, you know, how do we guide or what wisdom do you offer on, you know, when do we start putting this to work? Like, when do we start saying, okay, like, this is, this is where we need to be. And this is how I can start leveraging, uh, this data. Yeah. So the, the, the snowball starts as this tiny little thing that you can ball up in your hands and it rolls downhill to be the massive monster. That's kind of how it works. So the best time to start was however many years ago when you started your business, the second best is today. Um, that is what it comes down to. And It'll start making sense the more that you use it. You'll start thinking of other metrics to start tracking the more you start using it. So I, my best advice is start somewhere. If there is an easy way to track something in your business, awesome. Go for it. Do it. Uh, even if it's tracking your days off, like, you know, anything like that, that'll start a trend in your mind and you'll think, okay. Well, I got this sale from that. And then, oh, but where do they come from from marketing? Oh, well, that's great. They came from this Facebook ad. Well, how many people did I talk to from that Facebook ad? And the questions will generate in your head and you know your business better than anybody. And if you have too much data, if you have too little, you can spot that. You can spot any sort of outlier or anomaly in your data because you were there. You saw it happen. You were the one talking and making the sale. So get started with the data, whatever makes sense, whatever you're feeling like tracking today, and you will generate questions, which will lead to a strategy, which will lead to success. And I love uh, kind of how you're setting that up. You know, the questions almost begin to answer themselves. When you start asking questions, then you know exactly what to look for and you exactly kind of know where, what leaves to turn over to find the numbers and the data you seek. You know, but there's a lot of people out there that do not like numbers, do not like spreadsheets, don't want to sit through and go through the painstaking task of, you know, what does this number mean and why is it important? Or yeah, I have all these questions, but now I got to spend six hours of my day hunting through all this data to, to find the answer, you know? So how do you, um, how do you help people fall in love with the numbers? How do people, how can people kind of change the way they see all of this to, to help their organization and, and make it fun? 
So I, I, I do enjoy and appreciate that you imply that only some people don't like numbers. Us weirdos who love numbers, <laughs> we're the ones who can help in that situation. Um, so in, in my company in, in Pineapple, we, um, we, I like to say that we, or I like to think that we get people to fall in love to your point, Matt, but uh, I think the, the value comes out of it. And I don't know if they're in love with it or not, but it still works all, all the same in the end. Um, visualizing the data has a huge impact. It really does. Um, Cause to the comparison we were talking about earlier, boring columns and rows that are just endless and endless of black and white numbers. It is boring income statements. I'm a financial nerd and income statements are still a bit boring to look at when you're looking at a dashboard with an indicator of up 5% for your revenue and down 3%, it makes things come to life and it's in your brand colors and you get to see the trend over time. It doesn't even feel like data at that point. Um, there's, I, I give a presentation that's, it's on this kind of thing. It's called small data, big impact. And I talk about when you're doing an infinite scroll on Facebook, Instagram, whatever it is, and you see an infographic, it kind of catches your eye and that's all data. It's just packaged really nicely. When you hear about a hurricane that devastates a city and you hear about it and you go, Oh my God, that's the worst thing ever. And then you see pictures of it. It completely changes. And it's the most devastating you have ever thing you've ever seen in your life. So pictures really do tell a big story it starts feeling more like a fun tool you can kind of play around with and a lot less like data. So that is what we do in our business. We visualize it. We make it interesting. We make it engaging, put it in your brand colors, all that fun stuff to make it feel honestly less like data. And, you know, getting into some of your presentation, you know, the small, small data, big impact, I think drills into sometimes we just don't, we don't think that the, the things we gather matter. You know, I think organizations just, uh, if it's anything outside of, well, profit, I mean, that's the only data I follow, like what comes in and then what goes out. I mean, just that's it and miss out on so many things like, okay, well, is there a commonality between, you know, what time of day are, if we're like a retail shop, is there, is there like a time of day when more people are there surges within customers that we can, we can explore or, you know, are there dead times that we're not aware of where we could maybe enhance a special that helps draw those, you know, in, you know, I think people get so caught up in just dollars and cents and what goes in must go out. But yet there's so many things that are unrelated to spending. Like we have data around time, data around, you know, customers, demographics, you know, all these other things that have nothing to do with money. Um, and, you know, so to talk about like how, how, you know, we want to have such a wide lens, like opening up the lens, like how do organizational leaders kind of open the lens to break away simply just from the dollars and cents? It's, it's fine. We're doing this audio only, but I was vigorously nodding my head in agreement as you're going through that, Matt, because <laughs> um, it's such a good point. It's at, at the end of the day, it's all dollars and cents. And at the end of the day, it has nothing to do with dollars and cents at the same time. Right. Um, I love your retail example of what if we did a special, what if we, you know, change the foot traffic at this time of day, because the operations and the execution will impact the bottom line. They're kind of the heart and soul of everything. And, if they go great, your bottom line is going to show it. If they go terrible, your bottom line is going to show it. So opening up the eyes of great, here's your QuickBooks statement and here's your cash flow too. And cash flow is a bit of an eye opener, but 
let's talk about where that came from. And he's like, okay, all right. So then you get into the different marketing strategies and you think, okay, well, that one worked. And then, well, at the end I have, I offered this new little product that I don't really offer very often, but somebody took it and I was like, okay, cool. So they had a really good experience doing sort of the sample product. And then they went to the big product that you offer, for example, um, those operations and, and we can get into like time tracking and, and all that stuff and actually where to spend your time and what's the most effective use. But those little operational tweaks, um, they're, it's weird because it's not something that you think of yet. That's what everybody's doing every minute, right? They're executing on a task every day. So taking a step back from the financials and just how was your day? Was it productive? And then to kind of start the conversation from there. Again, the, the snowball builds pretty quickly um, just from questions that you're already thinking about. You know, and finally, as we begin to wrap up the episode, so, you know, we get to this place where we start the snowball, the snowball's rolling. You know, how do we continue the momentum? How do we know where do we go next? How do we look ahead from where we are? We got the baseline of data. Um, we're starting to get a good understanding of our of, of what's happening in our organization. We ha- And we have the numbers to prove it, not just guesses, but we have now the numbers to prove it. How do we then look ahead? Like, where, where do we set our sights to, to go to where's next. That's the fun part, right? Cause now you're talking strategy, you're talking five years in the future and that stuff. And that's, that's what I really like about being able to use the data. It's great. We know what worked. We know it worked well. We know it didn't work at all. Um, we can kind of piece that into the puzzle going forward. And so you start thinking, all right, well, what if we did this more? What if we invested double in this? And it creates this path that seems ultimately super achievable, even if it's five, 10 years down the road, because the numbers are helping you out. And again, your gut instinct's not going anywhere. Your gut instinct is always going to be a part of your business. But when you have the confidence of the data behind you, every door is open. Again, Jack Tompkins founder and managing partner at Pineapple Consulting Firm. Uh, Just so honored just to have you here. And thank you so much for being our guest on the ROI podcast. Thanks so much, Matt. This was an absolute blast. Thanks so much for having me to you and the team again. And I really appreciate it. This has been another episode of the ROI podcast presented by the Indiana University Kelly School of Business. I'm your host, Matt Martella. Here on the show, our mission is to help organizations make better business decisions. We'll see you next week.